2: ...exception of February time through um, the end of April. And I um, expect to do more teaching, but I, I you know, I, I had this feeling from a couple of people, who actually aren't here now anyway, so... Um, <laughs> that, I, that you know, they thought I was just abandoning and jumping ship and so on. Um, much as sometimes I would like to abandon everything, <laughs> it doesn't seem to be happening that way. So um, seriously, I, I just don't want to be as burdened with as much of the administrative stuff. And everybody else on the board, frankly, is much better at it than I am anyway. So let's let let's let us the board take care of that. Um, and as far as guiding marides, um, What I said quietly is anyone basically who is in this class, any advanced marid, I will continue to guide if they wish. If you want to get guidance from somebody else, that's okay too. Um, I just can't take on new marids and beginning marids because it takes too much time and energy to kind of bring people into alignment. So are there any questions before we begin about that? So if you hear people having all um, anxiety attacks, or maybe (laughs) celebrating, I don't know (laughs) um, that that's what's going on, as far as I know. And that was always my plan. And um, that holds true for people who are watching this. If you're um, in the advanced group, then I will continue to offer you practices.
1: One thing that I really appreciate is in the last few months since you made this announcement, you have made a really strong effort to do the Sankatha classes. Very seldom have we had Sankatha classes Thursday morning or whenever, in order to get it in before you leave. And so in a way, you're even more dedicated to our our Sankatha classes than you have been in the past. So in a way, it's an improvement there.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you. I I hadn't realized that. I just, uh, no, I really hadn't. I just did it whenever I could, but yeah, certainly. Um, The big release is I'm not going to do interviews. That's the big change. And I don't find that interviews, frankly, are that helpful anyway. Um, My state of consciousness is not consistent I'm not always in a high state of consciousness. And I have never met any spiritual teacher with the possible exception of Murshid Sam. And I've met really great gurus who stay in that state um, all the time. And I think that um, all of us have to understand that. The idea is to be as connected and conscious as you can whenever you can. Most people don't remember for even one minute a day. So the onus is on us to remember. Because the premise, as I've said over and over again, is not that we awaken. That is a complete continuation of an artificial ego structure. It's not real. It's a story we tell ourselves to move a little bit forward, to get through our neuroses but it 's not about us awakening; it is about that which is in each of us, awakening to itself and If you read the Gayan Vada Nirtan over and over again, Murshid in so many different ways, is urging us to get to know who we are, and that doesn 't mean get to know who. My ego is. We know who our ego is. I mean, it's given us enough problems, we know it quite well. But to get to know who we are means to get to know what we are. It's not who, as in which person are we, it's who, as in what we are. And in moments of remembering throughout the day, you are acting as an alarm clock. And I really mean this as a wake-up for the infinite, which is asleep within us. And I think people don't like to hear this because in a way it limits the the conception of God. How could God the infinite be asleep in us? Why doesn't God, the all-pervading, all-powerful wake up in us? Those are just nonsense questions of the mind, quite frankly. And they're distractions from the real... Uh, experience the real knowledge which is God is within us waiting to experience fully through us why is God sleeping so that God can awaken because it's, it's in its infinite wisdom it made sure that it could not come in awakened that every human being needs to go through the level of suffering that human beings have to go through. And I, I really think that the reason why the infinite came in asleep is so that again and again and again, it could experience pain. I mean, it doesn't sound so much fun from our point of view, but it could experience pain. Why? Because pain is the zikr of God. Pain is what makes it remember. Joy is the natural state. So, um, and because pain is the zikr of God, <clears throat> some people get addicted to pain and separation. But that's artificial pain but artificial pain too in its own way connects us somewhat to god and that's really critical that's what we're doing so any questions on that because it's really key to understand this
1: it makes more sense about the song that mercer wrote pain is my pleasure it
2: does indeed it does indeed um i'm going to repeat that what salima said that It makes more sense understanding the song, Pain is my pleasure. Death is my life indeed. I live when I die. In other words, when I die, I live. You know, it's all there for the taking. So, our work is to, A, never either experience or create unnecessary pain. Never because it doesn't really help. And in a sense, it hurts. It hurts the whole consciousness. But when we're in pain, we're in pain, and that's part of the awakening process. If you really remember, and I I know it sounds so painful to say, but pain is the zikr of God. If, If we don't remember by the gentle breath, then we remember by the strong breath. So if you are wise, then you're pained by the pain of another. That's enough to awaken us. But most of us are not conditioned to be that wise. And we're not. Okay. Morning, Nishoma. The whole idea of spiritual community is not to get buildings and not to do all the functions that we do that are lovely. I'm not saying we shouldn't do them. It's wonderful. But the whole idea of spiritual community is to collect people of a certain vibration, not a like vibration, but a certain vibration, so that we can awaken that which is within us wanting to awaken. And its intelligence is what pulls people through the door. Not having the right programs, not saying, well, we want to get young people. Maybe we're never going to get young people or, or, you know, who knows what the future may bring. But the idea is to use spiritual community as a mirror and the sounding board for awakening. And we sometimes think that we make the choice whether to be here or not. And that's also a function, a a delusion of the ego. As we grow spiritually, which we are, we have less and less choice. Remember, there's an old Sufi saying, Freedom of choice is freedom from choice. In other words, when you have no choice, you're more free than when you have all these choices. So, you all theoretically chose to come here this morning. I did not. You know, there was no question should I or shouldn't I? I'm here. And in reality, all of us are. We had no choice. If we had a choice, we wouldn't be here. (laughs) That being said, we make choices all the time. And all that's being asked of us is not, what. remember the phrase uh, WWJD? You know, what would Jesus do? Well, what would God do? What would an an asleep one desiring to awaken do? Jesus would have finished his breakfast. No, not Jesus. I want want the real Jesus. (laughs) Not the one that's created by people's minds. And what would he have had for breakfast? no salted fish (laughs) sorry so actually the Jews are probably closer to Jesus because they eat lox
1: so lox and bagels is actually very Christian
2: (laughs) so really you know WWAD what would Allah do what would God do What would the one who desires awakening do? How can I help? I think some of you might have climbed behind Rishikesh, there's a mountain and it leads to this temple on top. Now there's a road, you don't have to climb it anymore. Nilkanth. Anybody went there? Kismet, you went there, right? Yeah. So at Nilkanth, which is this old temple, it's one quarter the size of this room, if that, and the whole ceiling's covered with bells that you strike by hand. There is a fire, a fire pit, it's actually, and that fire has been burning for 3,000 years, and it's never gone out. Now think about that. Do you think, knowing the history of the last 3,000 years, that human beings could have kept that fire going in their ego condition for 3,000 years? No, it's just, it's just not real. So it is this consciousness that is ever striving to awaken. It is this consciousness that is always trying to break through our limited point of view. And it struggles. Salam Alaikum. It struggles. Why does it struggle? Because we keep muddying up the waters. Now, now let's go to the constructive side. We, in our ego state, what can we do to help Allah awaken in us? The floor is open for answers. What can we do? Remember. Yes. Okay, we can remember. That's the first thing. We speak about dhikr. Remember. You know, we get so caught up in... How am I going to do this? What's going to happen? Can I pay my insurance or whatever it is? That we forget who we are. So the first thing is, remember. This is not in any order. Next. Listen. Listen. Yeah. Remember and listen. What's the first thing you listen to? Your heartbeat and your breath.
1: Surrender. Surrender, exactly.
2: Your heartbeat and your breath. So now, listen to the answers that are coming through us. Don't immediately think what's the next answer. This is not that kind of school. Listen to each. Surrender. A couple of votes for surrender. You, You know... Islam means surrender. Surrender to what? You're not surrendering to form. You're surrendering to the infinite God within us. As we surrender, it becomes realer and realer and realer. Is there such a word? You have to say more real, of course. Yeah, well... (laughs)
1: Irregardless. (laughs) Here
2: is Irregardless. <laughs> it's another non-word, in case you don't know. Um, and we want it to become real. So, when you put your head down on the floor, you can be going through the motion of surrender, but still you're in your ego structure. It helps. You know, whatever you do with the body helps. But if you surrender your ego... And it can be done by, what were the first two things we said? Remember. Remember. And listen. 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 So remember, listen, surrender.
1: I want to add feel.
2: Feel. Oh, thank you, Joe. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the the great one, as Gwen
2: used to call him. (laughs) Oh, you're here to see the great one, huh? (laughs) He's over there. Well, actually, this also is found in the, the poetry of the Sufis. And instead of just being obvious and saying, feel your feelings, because that's more the 21st century. They had the, the uh, freedom to have a little time and space. Actually, not so much time, because life expectancy was less. But it was awakening to the feeling. Why? The deeper feelings are the bridges to God. Not the surface feelings. The surface feelings are the result of the mind. A lot of the Things you read in the newspaper or see on television or in movies, it's all manipulation of the feelings in the mind. And it is very addictive. It's worse than a lot of drugs. The deeper feelings are not from the mind, the deeper feelings are heart felt feelings. Those feelings are the bridges to higher consciousness. And yes, we can seek those feelings. We can, we can actually try and get them. Now it's interesting, so far we've had four or five answers. Nobody mentioned spiritual practice. But spiritual practice is, it, it works, you know? Spiritual practice, why does it work? Because when you're doing the practice, and I don't care if it's in Arabic or if you're doing in Sanskrit or <coughs> Hebrew or any phrase that came through the awakened state of a prophet, any phrase that came through an awakened human being, woman or man. Just so we're clear, I used to have this disagreement with somebody in Turkey. They said, only. Men can be prophets, and women can give birth to prophets. And I used to say, man, that's just a story. You know, that's just a story. Women are greater prophets than men. Men are limited, and what are they limited by? They don't have the feeling nature of women. Men are better at war. Women are better at peace. I don't see too many women making war, you know. And what is the sign of a prophet? Not how great a warrior they are, how great a peacemaker they are. <laughs> when, when a prophet had to make war, broke their heart. It broke their heart. So spiritual practice in that language. It's not the meaning. You know, there are so many books written on the meaning of different words. It is the sound. It is the rhythm. It is the presence. That's what makes spiritual practice real. Otherwise, as Jesus said, it's vain repetition you're just making words if you can do spiritual practice once a year with full heart and full soul it's enough the other rest of the year is just remembering that one time you know maybe once in your life is enough And the reason spiritual practice works is because the deeper feelings of the heart are awakened by certain sounds. It's really scientific. But the sounds are not refined enough without the consciousness. And the consciousness is not refined unless we have the actions in our daily life, unless we're trying to be kind. Trying to be aware of the other. That we're not here alone, that we're here to reflect each other, to be kind to each other. That's spiritual community. And when we, you know, have a rummage sale or something, <laughs> it is symbolic. You know, sure, we're saying we want to raise some money for rising tide but the look the money for rising tide and anything real comes from god if there was no god there would be no money if there was no desire for us to exist we wouldn't exist but each action we do even putting a few bucks in the basket or whatever it is is an affirmation that we understand we understand that it is the infinite awaking through this little place or little human beings, that's us. When we're kind, when we're aware, when we pick up the trash, when we all do (laughs) Fanafi Julie, you know, when we all are annihilated in the being of Julie and follow your actions... Then, then we are sending a, a message over the bridge to, the, to our deeper feelings. Anything else? Well, the, the whole idea of uh, the practices and, um, uh, is is also to be doing the right action extending beyond the community so that the energy can flow through us, like yeah. in the kinship program. Yeah, and certainly, and certainly, and certainly. And the, and the right work on. in the Middle East uh, is essential. It, it, exactly, <coughs> exactly. And you are really... Um, in, in the consciousness of Abraham, when you say this, what was said, so I can repeat for the camera, is to take the actions beyond the community, because we are all members of a global community, more so than ever in the history of the world. You know, there were times when tribes ten miles apart didn't know each other existed. Now look at us. So, yes, we are global. We need to (coughs) extend that message. And each person needs to be a representative. Why? Not for political reasons, but for very personal reasons. Because we do represent the ultimate peacemaker, which is God. One of the names of God, Salam, One of the names of God is peace. There is no name that is the non-peace, you know? There's the delayer, the dishonorer, the bringer of death, all of these kind of worrisome names. But there's nothing that says not peace. Chaos. Hate. Yeah, nothing. Um...
1: I just wanted to mention that cohesive force that binds it all together, the ishk, the ashk, the love.
2: Yes, a very good point, and I'll repeat it again. Really important what you're saying. The glue, the unspoken energy that binds it, holds it together, without which all of this would fall apart. The magnetism, really. You know, we call it love, but people love their cereal. You know, it's just not the same thing. This is... We shouldn't say this is love. We should say this is the very source of love and the goal of love and the actuality of love. And remember the from the Gayaan, is love pleasure? Is love merriment? No, love is longing constantly. Love is persevering unweariedly. And then the last line, what's the next line? It is love that teaches us, thou, you, not me. And that is what binds us. I've told this story many times, and I, whenever I tell it, people say, You never told that story. <laughs> we had, Katsuneda um, and I had an occasion to meet Mother Teresa, and she told us this story. When she first started, she could, in Calcutta, she would go to different merchants, and because people were starving. And We were there when the children had the distended bellies and couldn't live to ten years old. And she said, when I got a pound or two of rice, I knew that could feed a family, keep them going for another week. And she said she was young and she took the rice to a family and she gave it to the mother. And this meant her family could survive for another week. And the mother was very thankful, took the rice and cut it into two. And she took half of it right away and gave it to her neighbor. Kept half for her family, half to her neighbor. Now we're sitting here, we can go to you know Starbucks and get whatever we want. Here's someone who is trying to help her children survive. And yet, she had the presence to give it to her neighbor. This is really what God is. This is really what God is, not concepts and words. So, I better read the paper. It's interesting because this is the very first line now. This is from Anayat Khan. There is nothing valuable except what we value in life. In other words, we all value gold. Gold is nothing; it's a melted rock. You know what? what But we value it. It has properties we like. What? It's light. Gold can be shaped. There's something in it that appeals to our sensitivity, so we value it. And after the physical gold, when you say, well, this is really just, you know, a metal, then we begin to value the properties that are in there, and we don't need the physical. And then we value the properties, light, endurance, malleability. You can shape it. There is nothing valuable except what we value in life. And a person is fully justified in renouncing all that they have or that may be offered to them for the sake, and this is the key line, if you want to give everything away and go live on the street, you can do that if for the sake of that which we value even if it be that it, that one values it only for this moment so if you really have a strong desire look when some of us were were young and you know when we were hippies we renounced everything we didn't care if we had a house or roof over our head or if we slept in the dirt or anything. Why? Because we valued our relationship with God. It wasn't real, that relationship, but it was a step to the real. If it was real, I think I'd still be sleeping in the gutter. If only for the moment... For there will never be a thing which one will value always. This is another key point in the same way. You know, you give a, 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 a child a, a toy truck, and they love their toy truck, and it's everything to them, and then in a the day, it's nothing. Yeah, they'll pick it up sometimes. But this is very interesting. I hope you've thought about this. You give an infant a blanket, you put it in their crib with them, it's a piece of cotton or a piece of wool. They'll hold on to that sometime for years. They really value that. They've forgotten the truck. They've forgotten the dolls. Why do kids hold on to that? Why do they value it? And the answer is because the blanket represents the mother. So they're holding on to their mother. And we shouldn't be in a rush to take it away. Because for them to value something that to us has no value, there must be something really powerful in it. So just like the infant what's valuable to us what do we really value most people value their body and that's good but the body is only a, a house the body is a temple the body is a mosque this body after a while we begin to value the being that prays in the temple, which is not us. Tasa'uf, Tasa'uf is the comment of Mershid Sam now. The spiritual path has been likened to mountain climbing. Mountain climbing constantly brings one to new vistas you climb higher you see differently people who sit in lecture halls that's us and hear words do not necessarily change their points of view at least mercy sam said not necessarily so we have a chance to change our point of view Rather, they are mostly crystallized in their own attitudes and outlooks. That's not true about people here. We come here, all of us, me too, all of us, we come here to change our point of view. Because we are stuck in the way we think and we come here to be with each other and see, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect at all. And I really don't know very much, and I want to know more, all of us. This may please them, but it is of no value in spiritual development. Often it is to the contrary, that those who delight in lectures and sermons and philosophies are too pleased with themselves to progress further on the path of God. They are easily deluded by words and personalities. They retain their own values and self-increase the importance of their own values. Look, this is the challenge. Anybody read the commentary to the bowl of sake yesterday? Anybody read it and remember it? Yeah, I know. It is about really knowing that we don't know very much. And the sign of the limited ego is when we think, I know that. You know, remember in the poem, nothing he said that was new. I have always thought this, that is my own point of view. This is a poem that an icon wrote at the end of his life. Some did say that he knew nothing, some still held that he knew all, and so on. So whenever we think, oh yeah, yeah, I know that, I know that, or I don't have to listen, unconsciously, subconsciously, we're missing the whole essence of the moment in which we can experience Allah awakening in us. For it is only God who knows. We don't know. That's the great thing about being human. We don't know. People think that the spiritual path is becoming wiser or more knowledgeable. We don't know. And we should pray that we stay in that state. The real unknowing. Remember, God is baton. God is hidden. I was a hidden treasure and desired to be known. The whole teaching is in that one line. But we assume it was desired to be known by us because we're egocentric. I was a hidden treasure and desired to be known by me. This is what the Sufis did. They made it real. They did it from the point of view not of the ego, but of God. So, when Mansur al-Hallaj said his famous line, he could say it because it wasn't Mansur al-Hallaj. It was Allah saying, "I am the truth." Certainly, God can say whatever God wishes to say. But it doesn't fit in with our concepts. They retain their own values and self-increase the importance of their own values. The mystic, We'll end with this. The mystic is of an opposite nature. The mystic is aware that there is no abiding self, that the stream of consciousness within is constantly changing. And if this change is in the direction of expansion and awareness, it is most beneficial if it's growing, if it's expanding, most beneficial. If we are becoming smaller by the value of our own self-importance, then it's not beneficial. We don't help ourselves or anybody else. I don't know. What's the question? He says the stream is changing. Yeah.
1: Well, if the stream is everything, how can it be
2: changing? The stream in us is changing. Okay. He said, in us. Our individual consciousness is changing. All right. When you were a child, you couldn't sit here and really hear what was being said. Yeah. Your consciousness was different. It wasn't worse or better, but different. But if we can really connect—and you know, the, the, the zikr is not just remembrance, it's connection to that which we remember. If we can connect, then we become good human beings to other human beings. Look, everybody in this room has committed actions that they didn't like. Everybody has forgotten. Everybody has made mistakes. This teaching is not to bring us away from our mistakes. This teaching is to look at them, recognize, I've made a mistake. It's not increasing (laughs) myself as an instrument making humanity better. It's making me smaller. So I'm giving up the mistake. I'm promising to try and not make that mistake anymore. But I'm not going to abuse myself, traumatize myself with the mistake. Because then our consciousness becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. It is Allah awakening in us, but it is us that does the weeding in the garden. We take out all the plants that shouldn't be there. And what plants shouldn't be there? Every single one. And then consciously... We put in kindness, we put in remembrance, we put in connection, listening. That part's up to us. Maybe it grows, maybe it doesn't. Yeah, Ayesha. The
1: paradox is the ego gets bigger as the consciousness gets smaller.
2: Oh, this is a very interesting question. The paradox of the ego gets bigger as the consciousness gets smaller. The state of ego. Yeah, because there's this war going on. And the war is between consciousness and limitation. Limitation, smaller, is much more sexy. It's much more magnetic at a certain point in our life. So if you don't give that child that toy, they're crying, they're banging their hands or whatever. Because they're taken out of the consciousness state into the ego state. And that's how the ego responds. So the war goes on. And the more we think we're right in what we do the more the consciousness gets smaller and the ego gets bigger what does it say it says in 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 arabic and english lead us in the good path don't lead us in the path of those Whom you have led astray. Lead us in the right path. The wrong path, people are led into the wrong way by God. Why? Because God is the all in all. God is everything. (coughs) Can we resist that? Absolutely. If we are being led in the wrong way, we can say, no, this doesn't feel right. This feels chaotic. I want to go in the right way. In that moment, something in God increases. God who's everything already. That's the paradox. But in the limited state, something in God gets bigger. That's what, what's the first word of the zikr? No, la, no. And we're saying no to our limited self. No. And it responds to the sound. Oh, no, oh, sorry, okay. It does, it responds. And we, we don't say yes first, we say no, then we say Yes. And we, these little human beings, we're standing up to God and saying, don't lead me on the wrong path. No, don't do not do that. <coughs> the mind says that. How can you do that with God? It's so impolite. But it really is the most polite. Because then it, God is real.
0: So then, does it mean that when we pray, we are kind of giving direction to God?
2: So the question is, when we pray, are we giving direction to God? When we pray, we are... um, (laughs) You can't say this publicly, you get in trouble. But we're in partnership with God. Mm -hmm. But we're just this much of the partnership, a little tiny bit, And God is the senior partner. (laughs) But every once in a while, even the little junior, junior, junior partner can come up with a good idea. Really what we're doing is we are uniting our consciousness, in real prayer, we are uniting our consciousness with God consciousness. And we're hoping, you know, human beings can hope we're hoping that this little teeny idea that we have touches the the infinite and bounces back echoes back so that's why when we pray people pray with a lot of thinking and that's not really prayer it's recognizing who we are, what's inside of us, joining with that, in unison with the will of God, united with God's will, not going against it. The longing, the longing is real prayer, the longing, the desire, the real desire. You know, I, I've been speaking to different groups and foundations about peacemaking. And I, they'll stay with what I say. And once or twice I've said, you know, making peace is longing, is, is really desiring. And it's very lonely, because there's only one being. And I realized after a bit that they had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> so I stopped saying stuff like that, you know but I can say, well, these are our programs, dot, 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 that's okay. (laughs) But it is the longing, the feeling of being alone, which is so beautiful and so terrible. Being separate from God and united with God at the same time. And in that longing, there is a kind of pain. In that longing, there is pain, and pain is...
1: Pleasure. Zikr. Zikr.
2: Pain is zikr. It is awakening. It might be ecstasy, but it's painful. Ecstasy is painful. But, again... Unnecessary pain is just dumb. <laughs> no. That's stupid and wasteful, not economical. Taking your life and you're, you're not using it wisely. What's the greatest wealth that we have? Our life. So I really want to end. And... Um, I think all of you know Sheikh Hassan, but maybe you don't know his daughter-in-law, Susu, who also is really his daughter. (laughs) It's a little complicated. There are other children besides biological children. Um, Anyway, uh, Susu is a wonderful singer, and instead of us doing zikr or Um, uh, I thought maybe is it too early for you to sing a little bit? Come.
0: قلبي معي ما اخترت غيركم ولا رضيت ما اخترت غيركم ولا رضيت سواكم
2: Minute, there was everything I spoke about for one hour. You know, in one minute. And uh, we're happy you're here. Thank you. Yeah. Really. And I should tell you did you bring. Yeah. Yeah. Susu's also an artist. And um, she brought some. She paints on rocks and on different things, mandalas. A little thing, but it takes a long time, as you'll see. And they're for sale. And uh, Hassan wanted me to make the price. But uh, I, I think, uh, we'll take a look and, and understand that the, the simplest one takes um, six or seven hours and the others can take a lot more. And they're beautiful and unique. If you want to buy, please buy. Thank you.
1: And this is for you, Shahab Adinbiz. Because we're so happy, today's his birthday. so would everybody like to sing happy birthday to Shahabuddin Susu
2: thank you thank you Susu Susu. thank you
1: so much
2: thank you you're welcome I almost signed this myself (laughs) 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 I thought it it was a petition to throw me out (laughs) ready everybody one
1: two three happy birthday to you happy birthday ever
2: sang happy birthday in Arabic to me yeah. Yeah.
1: so there's cake on the back table when everybody's thank up. you thank you
2: do you to sing that other song yes please i, I dance, dance the day you were born the angels in the Gulf to Gabriel's horn. oh God i, I dance the day you were born so grateful for the gift of you I saw God to you the pumpkin chicken The children and the cake I saw God do the boogaloo too. So thankful for the gift of you. Satan, Satan, oh no! God could dance to save her soul. Well, I saw God shake jelly roll. So thankful for the gift of you. So thankful so well. so 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 for the gift of you. So so for gift of you. you. Oh, thank you. Somebody has to explain that song to Hassan. <laughs> uh-huh. I
1: can sing it
2: in French, a French, a little French. Uh-huh. It, uh, it's a really well, beautiful. sing it to everybody. It's for everyone. It's, yeah. it's
1: It means like it's it's about love and it's it's sharing about love and sharing that it's your turn because it's your birthday that it's it's like the love it's your love day. Of, of that. Yeah. So
0: Mon cher Chavadine, c'est à ton tour de te laisser parler d'amour. Mon cher Chavadine, c'est à ton tour de te laisser parler
2: d'amour. Thank you. Well, we, we better have the cake before some more songs come. So. Thank you. Thank um, you. I'm going away um, in about half an hour. I'm going to drive to Texas. Driving, because we, we just got a car that uh, is a Texas car. It looks brand new, but it's 10 years old. <laughs> um, so we won't be back until January 12th. I think we might try an experiment and try and do a live stream Sangatha class. I have to discuss it with uh, Professor Shams and see how that will work, but I think we'll try that. I would like very much to do one class just before New Year's Eve. So maybe on the 30th or even on the 31st. And hopefully the technology will work. Oh yeah, the 30th? So let's say we'll do it the 30th I um, oh good. So we'll do the thirtieth and the thirteenth. Um, I'm just thinking time wise. Hmm? No, no, for the thirtieth. Uh, um, if we do uh, seven thirty, okay?
1: Friday.
2: I don't know what day thirtieth is. Is it Friday? Yeah, Oh, you just said that. Um, okay, seven thirty. At six thirty in Texas, that's fine. So, so what
1: will we do Meet here and? and, and don't know.
2: It's a great question. I, who wants to be on? Who wants to decide these things? Tara, okay, whatever Tara says we will do. Oh. You can do it online. Yeah, you can stay home.
1: Uh-huh.
2: You should say if you do it online you have to pay double.
1: about
0: <laughs> Yeah.